Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where anyone and everyone who cannot bear the thought of remaining trapped in a status quo version of Christianity can find a home. Religious traditions eventually suffocate us. Empty church trends almost always leave us in the shallow end of the pool. But kingdom truth straight from God's word spiritually transforms us. And if you desire this, then you too are likely a maverick and a misfit. And now, here is our host, a Christian whose entire ministry has challenged the religious system, Jeff Lyle. Hey everybody, hope life is treating you fairly. If it's not treating you fairly, then I hope that you are just pressing in to the grace of God. I'd rather have God's grace than life's fairness. I can tell you I've lived through um, seasons where life was incredibly difficult, um, really just way over my head. And in those times, I realized the, just the preciousness of the grace of the Father uh, through Jesus and the accompanying presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And um, it takes a minute for us to learn this on our journey, but you are learning it. And if as long as you're continuing to follow the Lord, you and I are going to learn it in deeper uh, ways that um, like the bad spots in life, the problems, the pains, the pressures, the delays, the, the denials, um, the ill treatment, the, the overwhelming circumstances. And let me just go ahead and go on record. They deepen your walk with God. If you are responding properly to all those things I just named or anything else similar to those things, they deepen your walk with God. You actually learn the Lord at a higher level of intimacy and you come out stronger and you learn so much more his competency uh, to take care of you. Last month, I did a sermon series on Wednesday nights at the church at Winder called The Big Picture. And all it was was just a four message series out of Psalm 145. And I just felt the Holy Spirit um, prior to beginning that series just saying, Jeff, just take four Wednesdays and remind everybody how big the Father is. And so that's, that's what those messages are all about. And um, like there was no fluff in them. It was just literally four weeks of looking at those people that gathered on those Wednesday nights and just saying, I'm going to remind you in the midst of Russia and Ukraine war, in the midst of global pandemic, in the midst of a very intensely struggling American economy, in the midst of, you know, the insanity of the culture politically, I want to remind you of the awesomeness of God. And Psalm 145 was just the landing spot. And if you're interested in watching those messages or listening to them, uh, just to make you aware, like if you're ever interested in, in getting more resources, like all our stuff is free on transforming truth. Um, if you just YouTube, Google YouTube, transforming truth, like you can listen to that entire series from the big picture, anything we put out, um, is just free on media. I, I would say get the Transforming Truth app. If you just download the Transforming Truth app, like literally, that's a one-stop shop for everything, and uh, including the podcast. I think the podcast is linked up on that app too. And so is everything that you know we've put out by way of teachings and sermons for years and years. And um, like just just remember that he's big. Like when when people get big, God seems small. And you can always diagnose your own heart that if you're fretful, if you're anxious, if you're, you know, depressed, if you're 
angry, if, if you're just like not good in the soul, chances are if you just stop and do some self-analysis, um, people have become bigger than they should be. And when people become big and they're right in the forefront of what we're thinking, they actually eclipse the, the bigness of God. And God wants to remain big to us because that's actually how he is. He's immeasurably big. He's greater than all these things. And so we have to come to that place where, you know, we just say, okay, I just got to remember that life sometimes is intense and challenging, but I'm not in this thing alone. And it's not just like a pat on the head comfort. It's actual power. Like God doesn't just pat you on the head and say, they're there. It's all good. I'm here. God actually says, Hey, I'm here. I want to look you eye to eye. I have not destined you to be angry, anxious, depressed, fearful, and sick. That's not me. And so I'm going to look you in the eye. I'm going to say, hey, if you will continue to stare at me by faith and you'll continue to heed my words and you'll continue to believe even with a mustard seed of faith, then I'm going to, I'm going to infuse you with faith and power and truth and love and grace. And we're going to overcome these things. Sometimes you outslug your circumstances and sometimes you just outlast them. You know, if you're a fighter like me, you just want to, you know, you want to punch the enemy in the face and send them running. But sometimes the Lord just, cause he wants to build endurance in you and he wants to build maturity in you and he wants to develop you and like teach you how to partner with him. And the Lord can't teach us how to partner with him. If he always gives instant breakthrough. Did you get me on that? The Lord cannot teach us to partner with him if he always gives us instant breakthrough. So what does he do? Sometimes he leaves things for a minute that he could easily take care of with a word from heaven. He could just make it go away, but that's not really his ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is not that we would have it easy. It's that we would go deep with him. And you got to wrestle through whether or not you think he's worth it. <laughs> a lot of Christians flake out on God when the going gets tough because they just don't think intimacy with the Lord and preciousness with him and growing in him is worth the battle. And so it betrays the fact that their hearts are more about using God to suit their own purposes than it is for God to meet them where they are so they might know him. Hello. That's a word for some of you right now that may be struggling. It's just, just know that. Like he's just maturing you. He's just developing you. He just wants to teach you how to partner with him, that he's there in the midst of all of this stuff. You know, I've been thinking lately, and I, I want to switch gears a little bit for the remainder of this podcast. This one might be a little shorter than normal, but I've had a few verses um, th that were on my heart. I've been in the book of Proverbs lately, last, last podcast on the taming of the tongue. That was, by the way, if you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to that. It's called Shooting Yourself in Your Soul. And it's, it's literally like a high intense energized call for us to take ownership out of what comes out of our mouth so that we can actually be blessed by God. And if you didn't hear that, please, I'd even say, just pause this one and go back and listen to episode, I think 88, this is episode 89, but it's called shooting yourself in the soul and just go back and listen to that. But for today, I'm, I'm still, I got another couple of verses in the Proverbs because I'm just needing wisdom in this season. Um, I'm needing wisdom at the time of this recording. I'm, I'm doing, a, I'm in a little bit of warfare. Um, it's subtle. I've been in way worse before, but it's, this one's pretty constant. And so I'm having to be very circumspect because it's a delicate situation involving people. And I know the enemy's kind of like moving in and out of the background. And these are people that love the Lord, but they're, they're cooperating with the enemy. And so I'm, I'm really having to be gauged 
and how I am walking out my steps, my words, my instructions, and even using like the position that God's given me to help bring healing and hope and restoration to some people who've gotten sideways. And so, um, I want to share these verses with you because I want to direct you to something that I feel like God is saying prophetically to the church right now. Um, And I'm going to get to that in a second, but let me give you these verses. And on the surface, these don't feel like prophetic verses. Listen, all of the word of God is good, but you and you and I both know that some passages of scripture are like, dun, 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 dun. They're like intense. They're like, yes, they're fiery. And other passages of scripture are more like, you know, just normal daily bread. And so this probably falls in the second category. But remember, what makes scripture valuable is the source of scripture, which is the infinite heart of God. So everything God, God didn't put any verses in the Bible just to take up space. That's not the way he operates. And so this is very important. And so especially if you're, if you're pressing in for wisdom right now, there's two ways to get it. Yes, there is revelation, but there's also instruction. Revelation is awesome when the Holy Spirit reveals, but the Holy Spirit usually doesn't do that in, the vac- in a vacuum. The, the amount of revelation we receive, is, especially knowing it's from the Lord, is usually tied to the amount of instruction we're receiving from the word of the Lord. The plumb line for all prophetic and revelation, revelatory ministry, prophetic and revelatory ministry, the plumb line for it all is the written word of God. And so I found in my life, the more I'm in the written word of God, the more I parse it out, the more I study it, the more I memorize it, the more I teach and preach it and share it and witness it, the more I'm in the written word, the greater the reservoir is for prophetic and revelatory communication from God. And I'll actually have people that are in the word actually have the higher capacity to distinguish false prophetic. um, And even sometimes like when we wondering, are my own, is that thought that just popped in my head? Is that the Lord or is that me? Well, by being in the written word of God, you're better, you're better equipped to discern. Was that God or was that me? Let me give you this word about instruction. Okay. So Proverbs 22 verses 17 through 19. Just, just listen to these words. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Can I read that again? Just listen to the word of God. Holy Spirit, bring unction on the written word of God. As I, as I read it, Holy Spirit, bless the hearer to receive what you have in these two, three verses from Proverbs. So let me read again. Proverbs 22, verse 17. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I've made them known to you today, even to you. All right. Again, these verses seem a little benign. You know, you're like, if I'm going to listen to a podcast, man, give me some fresh revelation. Well, there's a lot of podcasts that'll do that. But if you don't think that the written word of God can have fresh revelation, grow up a little bit in the faith. Okay. 
we're addicted to prophetic. Like we, we want a mainline constant prophetic. And sometimes God says like, actually, I want you to get the plumb line down. I want you to get the baseline, the word of God. And so when, when these verses struck me at age 25, I was 25 years old when Proverbs 22 really cemented itself in my soul. I took it as God speaking to me, even though Solomon wrote these Proverbs and he's literally telling his his son's generation, I want you to listen to the wisdom God has given me. But I, I take these as the Holy Spirit's word to all of the children of God. And the Holy Spirit wants us to hear his words. The Holy Spirit wants us to apply our own hearts to his knowledge The Holy Spirit declares that if we will keep the words of God within us, it's going to be pleasing to our soul. And if we keep them ready on our lips, meaning don't just receive them, but release them. And it actually increases according to verse 19. If we just have the instruction, the wise words, the knowledge of God, if we have them in us, our trust will grow in the Lord And that's why he's made these words known to us today. So one of the things that um, I've been exploring is a need for a renaissance in fivefold ministry and the expression of Christianity in the American church. For way too long, uh, the word pastor has been used to describe um, whoever the person in charge is at a church. That's kind of the way we do it in America. And pastor, in the New Testament time, you you may not realize this, pastors were actually the lowest level of authority in churches. Because when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, he gave some revelation that he had that the way God leads local churches is through gifted men and women who occupy offices of leadership. And there are five of those offices listed there in Ephesians 4. And that's where we get the phrase fivefold ministry. So you've got apostolic leadership. You've got prophetic leadership. You've got um, instructional leadership by teachers. You've got evangelistic leadership by the evangelist. And then you've got uh, caring leadership or uh, tending to the flock leadership by the pastors. But in the modern American church, um, the fivefold has kind of been crammed into one word, pastor, and we have lost so much because of that. So in the American paradigm, a pastor is literally expected by the majority of people in churches and denominations that aren't clued into fivefold. The pastor is supposed to be the one-stop shop for everything. So that pastor is supposed to provide apostolic vision and leadership and entrepreneurship to move to advance the kingdom to move into new territory. Pastor's supposed to do that. And the pastor is supposed to prophetically speak the fresh word of the Lord, meaning that the pastor has to operate in the prophet's role too, according to the American paradigm in the church. And the pastor is supposed to win all the lost people as an evangelist, and he's got to be constantly sharing the gospel. And the pastor also has to break down and disciple everybody through teaching and parsing out the words of scripture and giving detailed, healthy expression and then the pastor's got to visit everybody. He's got to make sure, you know, everybody's taken care of. And and that that's all been crammed into one position. Do you see what we've done? We've taken five distinct offices that God has clearly expressed in the church. And we've said one man or woman's supposed to do all of that. And it's no wonder that the average tenure in America of a, a new pastor is two years <laughs> because they realize 
oh, I, I'm not equipped by God to do this. They don't even know it. They, they're actually living with themselves thinking they're supposed to do all this stuff. And uh, so I'm, I'm currently preaching a series on Sundays at Church at Winder on fivefold ministry. And I think it's actually very, very important. I know of other pastors and leaders and preachers and prophets that are doing this right now. I think God's saying for what's coming, we have to change the paradigm of the church back to a New, new Testament uh, polity is the word, a church organization or leadership structure. We have to come back to a fivefold representation of leadership. And so when I'm looking at um, the office of teacher, I'm just focusing on that for the remainder of our time today. Why? Because when I read that verse, those verses from Proverbs 22 that I just read a little bit earlier, it's about instruction. It's, it's about inclining your ear to the words. It's about applying your heart to the knowledge and, and then knowing how to speak and release those things in a growing trust of the Lord. But I think that the emphasis um, in this season, we have had years and years, especially I, I come from the segment of the church that is commonly referred to as charismatics. Um, I was born and bred as a Baptist and then came into a theological awareness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, about five, six, seven years after I got saved. It was a gradual process where I realized, oh, the doctrine of cessationism that says the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit have all ceased, that's a false doctrine. That's a man-made doctrine. So theologically, I shifted, and then a short time after that, I started having my own encounters in the supernatural through the Holy Spirit, and it changed everything. And so um, the charismatic representation of Jesus Christ often focuses almost exclusively on prophecy, the prophet's hat. And the Rama word and the fresh word. And, you know, this is maybe a little of a stereotypical critique, but there's not a lot of emphasis in a lot of charismatic circles on teaching, didactic teaching of the word of God. And one of my primary uh, fivefold gifts, I've taken multiple diagnostics and surveys and tests, like how has God wired me? What has God done? What, what are the areas in my leadership that are strong? Where he, has he not gifted me as much? And so ultimately where I've come down is I have three primary gifts that are very, very close to each other. And then the last two are off the charts low. And just again, revealing the fact that God doesn't really give all five gifts at full capacity to any one individual. So you, you need to have reasonable expectations of those that lead you in the kingdom that God wired them to be really healthy and strong in some areas. And God in his wisdom did not necessarily gift them at a supreme level at, in these other areas. It doesn't mean they can't learn skills in those areas. It just means that's not the way God hardwired them. And it's not going to be the major emphasis. So one of my, if, if it's not, I haven't taken a, a fivefold test in about nine months and I don't think it's going to change drastically anytime in my life, but uh, the last time I took one, the number one gift that I had in the fivefold was the teaching office. So the, my teaching, my, my need to break down and my ability to take powerful, profound, eternal truths and put them in digestible bites for people was my primary gift. Right below that was prophetic and right below that is apostolic. They're literally, they can move in and out. And so apostolic leadership is about, um, you know, taking new territory, advancing the kingdom, bringing a direction, uh, helping other people discover their gifts, helping people find their place in a move of God. 
And that's kind of the season I'm really in right now. But accompanying that is this need to teach. And the reason why I think that we need to prioritize teaching, I'd go so strong as to say, I think we're in a season where God is saying this needs to be the year of the teacher. It may be a one year, two year, five year. But I think I think a lot of us are already really, really um, comfortable and even, I think, fluid in a lot of ways. I think there's been a renaissance and a reformation of prophetic ministry in the American church, and we're not putting up with nonsense anymore. We're getting the politics out of it and sticking to the Word of God, and that's beautiful. That's great. But the Lord is saying one of the ways to avoid the ditches is to know the Word of God, and therefore I'm raising up teachers. And that's why this Proverbs 22 is so important. Guys, listen. Theology is not religious. Doctrine does not quench the spirit. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit actually inspired the written word to be written. And so the Holy Spirit is not allergic to theology and doctrine. If you're in a system of belief that tells you, oh man, they're always wanting to teach and they're actually using the Bible. And man, we just need to free. We need to be flow because we need to hear the spirit. We don't want religion. Guys, I love you, but that is so immature. That is so ridiculously immature. And it's actually dangerous because we have to have the written word of God. And so I'm seeing among a lot of, um, a lot of Christians that there is this reemphasizing of, man, we're, we're actually staring in the face of a generation that has been basically discipled by songs and songs, not always carrying great doctrine. They've been discipled by social media. They've been discipled by podcasts. They've been discipled by, you know, YouTube preachers and personalities and Christian super, superstars. And guys, I'm just going to be honest. Most of those people don't prioritize the word of God, the written word of God. And so what we've got is we've got in a generation like young millennials and Gen Z that haven't had a chance to actually be instructed in the faith. So this is what I'm trying to get to. Um, I'm calling any of you that are listening and especially if you're leaders, there are some pastors and leaders that listen to this podcast. I'm, I'm just kind of like imploring you. Will you seek the face of the Lord and say, God, am I in a church or am I leading a church that just doesn't steward the heat of the flame, but the light of the flame? A flame produces heat and light and heat, I would say in this paradigm, represents the power of of the Holy Spirit, but light, light represents the, the truth, the teaching, the objective written truth. And so I believe there's a renaissance of that going on. And I think I just, I'm, I'm calling all of us as Christians to say, like, actually, do I know the Bible? Now that's not an indictment or an accusation. It's a valid question. Do you know the longest chapter in all of the Bible is Psalm 119? Do you know what Psalm 119 is about? The written word of God. The longest chapter in the Bible is about the Bible. It's actually, I think in that, all of those 150 plus verses, I think in Psalm 119, there's like six or seven verses that don't mention some version of the written word. It's often referred to as law or precepts. And uh, of course, we're not under the law. But what it represented at the time of its writing was the written revelation of God through Moses and the psalmist as he's writing Psalm 119. 
is also under the inspiration of the Spirit, and the Spirit is in, in, in inspiring the psalmist to write the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's about the written Word of God. And I'm not sure how we've missed that. Like when you, you get down to Second uh, Timothy, Paul's last known written works. He's about to die for the faith. And he's telling Timothy over and over again, be a man of the word, be a man of the word, be a man of the word. As a matter of fact, he says to Timothy in the last chapter of second Timothy, he says, Hey, when you come and visit, will you bring the scrolls? Will you bring me the scrolls, the written word of God? Those were precious back then. And Paul says, bring me whatever copy of the scriptures you can bring me. And he's dying. Paul been caught up to the third heaven. Paul knew Jesus in a way that none of us did. And Paul gets down to the end of his life and he's saying, oh man, I'd love a copy of the written word. The apostle John, who also been caught up to the third heaven, you know, he writes, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Jesus Christ in praying for the church right before his death in John 17, in the high priestly prayer, he says to the Father, Father, sanctify them in your truth. Set my followers apart by the truth. And then Jesus defines what truth is. Your word is truth. And, and so, guys, I think that we have to have a renaissance, a return to the prioritization of teaching the word of God. I don't think it. I know it. Um, ignorant Christians who love a good time in church and get the emotional thump, thump on and, you know, feel good vibes on Sundays, but they're not in the word of God. Those are not Christians that are going to endure what's coming. Listen, if you're one of those, I just warn you, I warn you in love. Um, you're actually not going to be able to withstand what's coming if you're not grounded in the word. I don't say that to frighten you. I say that to call you into accountability to say, oh my goodness, while, while the day is here, I need to start being a, a student of the word. And if you're a pastor and the majority of your ministry is just kind of focused on flow and you don't have any paradigm, any, any you know, apparatus by which you're instructing the people that you're leading in the written word of God, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just saying, man, we're, if that's the case, you're not fulfilling your role to help your people. You need teachers. You say, well, Jeff, I'm not a teacher. You just got through saying that in fivefold office, a pastor or a leader can't be everything. No, I'm, I'm saying you don't have to do the teaching. You've got to partner with somebody that will teach them. You might be an evangelistic leader, maybe a pastor. You need teachers to disciple all those that you're leading to Christ. You might be an apostle who's looking towards the, the next uh, phase and advance in the kingdom and territory that God's given you and your eyes always on the horizon. That's awesome. But the people that you're leading and advancing can't understand what they're doing if they're not taught the scriptures. And guys, I will say this. If you are a true pastor, poimen, is that word in Ephesians 4 and you're, you're taking care of the flock and you're visiting the sick and you're making sure they're okay and they're encouraged and you're counseling them and you're coming alongside of them that's great but I'm going to tell you apart from teaching the scriptures they're going to start relying on you like they're supposed to be relying on Jesus and you've got to teach them in the scriptures that Jesus is their truest pastor and he is the sufficiency so why am I saying all this because let me close out here I'm going to do something I rarely do. I'm going to tell you of an opportunity and availability. I'm going to encourage you really to pray about it. Um, last fall, 
I was invited by pastors Todd and Karen Smith of uh, Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia, the home of the North Georgia Revival. Uh, they asked me to come help lead their ministry training school. It's called Kineo, K-I-N-E-O. And um, so I've been doing that since really January it became official. And what we're doing is we are sensing that the Lord is saying the people must get trained and discipled. And so Kineo, by the grace of God, has kind of exploded. Um, our goal is to have 25 campuses by the beginning of the new school year, which starts in uh, September. Right now, I think we're at about 16 or 17. The home campus is there in Dawsonville, Georgia. All the classes can be viewed remotely online as they happen. And also years one and two are archived in video for on demand so that you can kind of work at your own pace. I'm calling you to consider two things. If you are somebody that needs to grow in your faith, I'm going to really encourage you to pray and maybe expect the Lord to say, this is your time. This is a group of people that major at Caneo on word and spirit, not just spirit and not just word. We need both because that's what the first century church operated in. That's our paradigm. You're the steward of your own edification. Nobody else can do it for you. And if you need help being trained and taught in the scriptures, this is a place where you can earn a four-year degree. You can actually get a degree in um, Bible. And you can also be equipped for ministry because we don't want people just to have head knowledge. We're training them for ministry. I, along with Pastor Karen and a couple of other adjunct faculty members, we are we're helping people. And in the fall, I'll be teaching the fourth-year students. Pastor Karen teaches years one and two. And she is probably, not probably, she's top five teachers I've ever heard in my life. She's incredible. Teaches doctrine, theology with passion and precision. It's exactly what Christians that are beginning need. They need to be excited about the word, but not merely excited. They need to be grounded in it. And then uh, at this point, Dr. Roberts Lariden teaches year three. He's the author of God's Generals, and we are bringing in some other faculty members to help us. But all I'm saying is this. I think it's time. Some of you need to get serious about your own edification, your own Bible learning, and it takes work. You've got to put in the work. You're not going to get it on Sundays. I love the fact that people come to the churches that I've pastored, but you, you can't become a disciple listening to Sunday sermons. Um, they'll help you, but they're not enough. And most of us needed help. I had to go to school. You know, I needed training and uh, the Holy Spirit working through those professors in a very imperfect educational process for me. Holy Spirit did great work in my heart. And I, I learned how to study the Bible for myself. I also want to speak to those of you that are leaders in your churches, or maybe you're not a leader in your church, but you would be interested in your home church hosting a campus. Um, listen, Caneo, believe, we, we believe that God wants to use what's going on at Caneo in multiple campuses. And do you know all you need? It doesn't cost your church a dime. What we need is we need a couple of volunteers, coordinators, that will help set up the classroom. You need a TV and a laptop. If your church has access to a TV and a laptop, you can have a satellite campus at your church and it'll cost you nothing. Pastors, leaders, I want you to hear me on that. Let us, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and you trust me, let us disciple your people, especially if you're not a teacher in the fivefold and your people need to be taught, let us do it. 
Let us help you. We're about the local church. We want to equip your people. And part of what we do is we say you can't be a student at Caneo unless you're serving in your local church. Like we want your people not just to get knowledge. We want them serving what God is doing at your local church and we'll help you to establish that. The Lord's moving in the school in the state of Georgia, the enrollment both in-house and online and on demand already qualifies Caneo as the third largest Christian school, Christian college in Georgia. And we're just getting started. And look, listen, you can be big without being strong, but I'm telling you, Caneo is getting big, but it's already strong. And I just think now is the time. So I'm going to leave you this website as I close out today's broadcast. And we're revamping the website. And so if you've got particular questions, you can always email me here at Mavericks and Misfits at Jeff at MaverickMisfit.com. I'd love to hear from you. Questions about Caneo, ideas for future podcasts, questions about things I teach, or just questions about the kingdom. Jeff at MaverickMisfit.com. And then if you're interested in learning more about Caneo Ministry Training Center, uh, go to Caneo, K-I-N-E-O, M. KaneoMTC.com. You can actually register online. You can ask questions. And listen, I think the time is right. Some of you just need to take the reins and say, God, I want to dedicate this season to becoming one who listens to the words of the wise, who gets instructed in the ways of God so that what God has revealed and released can be pleasing deep in my soul. Uh, By the way, I will say this. Maybe you don't want to go full bore for a four-year degree. There's a lesser track that is um, a diploma, and the coursework is not as hard. Uh, It's slightly less than the four-year degree cost, but um, there's an opportunity for you to get a four-year diploma. And if all you want is the information, but you don't want to do the coursework and you don't want to do the classes. I don't really recommend this, but we do make it available for people. If you just want exposure to the teachings, you don't want to do any homework or anything. You could audit the class. You know, our goal is to give you the truth and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, according to the, um, you know, the parameters of the written word. And then we trust you to do with it what God wants you to do, but we're here to help. So think about that. Listen, it's time to learn and it's time to grow and it's time to take ownership of our own edification. And there's opportunities that God is supplying us here in these last days. And I think Caneo Ministry Training Center can be an awesome option for you. If you don't get it, Caneo, get it somewhere. We need to grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our intimacy with the God of the Word. We'll talk to you next time. God bless. We're happy you were able to tune in today. You can help us reach more people by rating and reviewing Mavericks and Misfits on whatever platform you use to listen to today's podcast. Connect with Jeff on his personal and ministry social media links by visiting transformingtruth.org. Also, feel free to email Jeff with comments or questions at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I'll say it again, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. We will talk to you again next week.